This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slash Film Daily for January 18th. 2023 on today's episode we're going to discuss the latest film and tv news this is slash film editorial director peter soretta and joining me on today's podcast is slash film editor brad omen hey that's me today we're going to talk about uh, a couple things we're going to talk about indiana jones we're going to talk about star wars but before we get to that we're going to talk about james cameron's avatar franchise uh we can now call it a franchise brad because we got two successful films in, 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 uh, th- that have come out and uh, it looks like he's going for what five I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you were on a past edition of this podcast you you gave your brief thoughts on way of water but what, what did you think of way of water yeah I dug way of the water for the most part you know it's uh it's still not anything you know um as far as nothing to write home about as far as like the story is concerned you know it's uh um, it's better than the first one for sure. It's still pretty paint by numbers. Um, uh, but you, I think the characters are definitely, uh, better in this one because we expand the roster. Uh, but for me, you know, it's, uh, definitely the visual effects that are, again, the centerpiece, the visuals are stunning. Uh, but I, I think the part that I ended up caring about the most is the storyline, uh, involving Paya Khan, you know, the, the space whale, uh, as he were. Uh, and that was the stuff that I really emotionally latched onto. And, you know, James Cameron is great at directing action adventure and he delivers that spectacularly here. So seeing it on the big screen, uh, was great. The 3d was very immersive HFR, not so much, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it was something that was worth seeing on the big screen and, uh, it, it delivered exactly, I think, you know, what we all expected, maybe a little bit higher, uh, as far as uh, expectations compared to the first one, but but yeah, I think good stuff all around for the most part. And I think everybody here knows how I feel about Way of Water, so let's get into it. Let's talk about um, actually, let's talk about Way of Water before we get into the sequels. Uh, interestingly enough, some information came out about there was originally going to be this epic space battle in Way of Water, so. The, one of the screenwriters of Way of Water uh, is named um, Rick Jaffa, and he was talking to Entertainment Weekly, and he said, I'll, I'll, I'll read the quote here. Um, he said that at one point that the, there were ideas floating around about the Navi taking flight to space rather than waiting for the RDA Corporation to make their move. Quote, the idea got a lot of traction and we talked a lot about it. We were struggling, though. How would that work with the story we're telling, Jim said. 
Well, give me a few weeks. He went off and he wrote an entire script. And by the way, a brilliant script. At the end of the day, the whole script got thrown out because it just didn't really work with the story we were telling, unquote. Brad, how many Avatar scripts do you think have been are in like the trash can? I mean, gosh, who, who knows? <laughs> uh, is that something you would have been interested in seeing, like the Navi taking to space and, and, and trying? I mean, honestly, that sounds like such a compelling action scene of like the Navi having to kind of like navigate in a place that isn't their environment and fight you know, the uh, the humans on their turf kind of thing. Yeah, but it also sounds like that they would have a lot to explain. And I think that was one of the issues, like why they ended up not doing it too, <laughs> is because like we have never seen that the Avatar have like technology that wasn't borrowed or taken from the humans who uh, are visiting Pandora, you know? Uh, so how have they, you know, figured out space travel? You know, where are they getting this technology from? How do they do it? Would it be organic? Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they have to figure out. And so they probably have to show a lot of things in a very short period of time to explain how Navi are able to have a space battle. Yeah. And especially like, I feel like this movie is so much about the the water world of Pandora that it, if it makes so much more sense to have the climactic battle take place there. Yeah. And, yeah. But apparently there is something uh, that acknowledges the Navi and, and space and whatnot uh, in the, the Avatar comic that is basically like considered to be Avatar one and a half that fills in some of the story gaps that we don't see in the, uh, the opening moments of Avatar The Way of Water. What do you mean by that? Like there's some stuff that is it's that is in the uh, the the graphic novel that they released that actually like they go to space. It's I mean kind of like it's yeah it, so there's a there's a story that takes place uh, where um they show Jake shows the Navi like they they, they figure out how to construct spacesuits uh, in order to train in uh, zero gravity. Um, and so Jake leads a band of these space trained Navi and some humans uh, in order to kind of like uh, fight back against uh, an ultimatum that Edie Falco's character gives them. I wonder if all this stuff was like taken, like are all like scraps from James Cameron ideas that ended up in the trash. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, like if like, you know, are the comics considered canon? You know, is the could it be an idea that they decide to like hold on to and like actually take the Navi to space on the big screen in one of the sequels later? You know, because they've already talked about the the fact that uh, uh, Natiri will see Earth. You know, at some point, whether that means it'll be in like a video form or if she'll actually travel to Earth um, or or something like that. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but okay, let's talk about the sequels. Uh, there's, you know, as Cameron is out talking, uh, there's been some, we've learned some new stuff about what's going to be happening in these, in these Avatar sequels. James Cameron was on the soundtracking podcast and he revealed that Jake's son, Loak, uh, played by Britton Dalton, uh, will, be the one taking over the narration duties on the third film, serving as the eyes for uh, the POV of the audience, I guess, uh, the POV of the story. And he also revealed that in future installments, the each of the Avatar movies will have a different narrator. W what are your thoughts on this, Brad? 
<laughs> do you think this is just because people don't like Sam Worthington? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about. I mean, actually, the my first thought uh, as far as considering this is that maybe Loak is narrating because by the end of the third Avatar movie, maybe Jake dies. Uh, you know, and there's a passing mm. of the torch to you know his his son to kind of lead lead the clan with with his mother maybe or something like that. You know, uh, that that would make sense and it would be an interesting turn of events. Um, but yeah, you know, otherwise I'm cur- I'm curious to see what how and why the narrator would change for the fourth and fifth installments uh, if it's not you know going to continue to be Loak. Uh, you know what what that would do. Yeah. Well, I would bet a lot of money, Brad, that one of these movies the narrator is going to be Kiri. Who is the character voiced by? Or I mean, not voiced by. Perform performed by Sigourney Weaver, who I, I mean would make a great narrator. Maybe this. maybe each, maybe each of the kids will narrate. Yeah, you know, one of that that would make sense. Yeah, um, and uh, we also learned today that um, that uh, John Landau told Empire. That as we continue to explore the relationship uh, between the the Navi and uh, the space whales, uh, that this that we'll actually get to see more of Loak. And I think what's more notable, we 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 I think we all knew that he was going to be part of the the future of this franchise, but uh, uh, Scoresby. Who is like kind of the the bad guy that uh, uh spoiler the, the, alert the, the human guy who is like the leading leader of the whaling team? Yeah, he's the one that was kind of taken down by the space whale. Uh, by taken down, I mean uh, his arm got ripped completely out of <laughs> ripped off. Yeah, uh, an arm for an arm, which I had assumed meant he was dead. But in these Avatar movies, it turns out you can't kill any of the bad guys. They they just keep on coming back. Movie after well, yeah, movie. Yeah, and he probably has to come back with like a robot arm or something like that. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I, I could see that. Um, but uh yeah. So what do you think what do you think of the revelation that uh that Scoresby is coming is returning? Uh I mean I don't care because who cares about that character, but you know, I'm I'm more happy that you know Paya Khan is gonna be coming back and that's gonna uh gonna be something that continues in the Avatar movie. So yeah, I think one of the like sequel titles that was going around, like even like mentioned uh, mentioned him or mentioned the um, Tolkun. Is that what it's called? Uh, the space yeah. whales. Yeah, the yeah. Tolkun Rider isn't one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I would be surprised that, if that that's probably Loak. So oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, a- another story that came out is that Avatar th- three will explore Pandora more freely and introduce two Navi, two new Navi cultures. So um, we, we kind of already knew we had heard that there's this fire tribe, the Ash people, they're going to be the villainous Navi tribe in the next um, Avatar movie, Avatar three. Uh, but we are now told, um, we're now told that uh, you're going to meet two new cultures in the next film. And it's kind of a, it kind of rove a little more freely around the world of Pandora to different places. So that kind of insinuates that like, we still have not seen all of Pandora, Brad. I mean, we've seen, we've seen the forest. We've seen the the floating mountains. We've seen the water. What else can we, what else is there to see? I mean, there's, there's deserts. There's, there's like probably uh, maybe a a cold climate somewhere. Um, 
I would imagine the ash people maybe live somewhere near like a volcano or something like that, maybe inside of a volcano. Oh, I didn't uh, even think about that. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you, you consider consider Earth, you know, consider all the different you yeah. know, environments we have and e- ecological uh, areas. Like there's a wide variety of things that could be uh, available on Pandora. And actually, this is one of the things uh, that James Cameron and John Lando kind of decided because uh, in the art of Avatar, the way of the water way of water book. And we wrote about this on Slash Film. Uh, when they were just figuring out what they were going to do for a sequel, they had talked about whether or not they were going to stay on Pandora and go to a different moon, a different planet or something like that, rather than staying on Avatar. But then they realized they'd only really visited one small part uh, of Pandora and that they could easily just go to a a bunch of different areas and stay in the same location. So it seems like that's probably what they're going to do. I'm now excited to see like, uh, James Cameron do like a volcanic part of Pandora with like, I don't know. I feel like in 3d, I know you didn't like the HFR, but I feel like that could look really cool with like, yeah, the I mean, the three, the, yeah, the 3d still looked great, but it's just, it's just the HFR that I, I had yeah. a problem with. It's funny because like, I, I, I am a fan of the avatar movies, but it's not like I'm like, so like, Oh my God, the stories are so good. It's just like, I just want to explore Pandora. It, for me, it's like living in that world and escaping our, uh, the hell on earth <laughs> that, that makes like these after films fun for me. So um, the other, you mentioned that uh, who mentioned earlier, like that, that, um, that she was going to end up seeing earth. Was that Landau or was that Cameron? Yeah, it was Landau. Landau. Well, it turns out Landau has provided a little bit more detail on Avatar 5 because apparently it's going to happen in Avatar 5. So spoiler alert for Avatar 5. This comes from the March 2023 issue of Empire Magazine. Um, Avatar 5, of course, is the script which uh, actor Stephen Lang said left him weeping. Uh, will depict Earth in all its well less than glory. And uh, according to Landau, he says there's overpopulation and a depletion of our natural resources that make life harder. But we don't get want to paint a bleak picture, a picture for our world or where our world is going. The films are also about the idea that we can change course. I think this is a very telling quote, Brad. I, I don't know where Avatar 5 is headed, but how, how do you think they end up on Earth? Like, it just seems like such a strange plot wise i mean i guess in way of water plot wise it's like strange to bring Stephen lang back but they were able to do that and like very very concisely uh in that film is as ridiculous as it is well how do you think they're going to end up on earth i mean just because we get to see earth doesn't mean we're necessarily going to end up on earth for like a big chunk of the story you know like maybe like the story begins on you know on earth with like you know, another group of human characters preparing to go back to Pandora. You know, I'm not necessarily planning or counting on the Navi uh, going to Earth, but maybe there's a way for them to, you know, see what it is that's that's going on there that will show us exactly, you know, the status of Earth during during this time. So, because um, I do feel like it would be kind of odd unless the Navi gets so fed up with what you know the RDA is doing by invading Pandora and messing up the 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 moon. Uh, that maybe they'll just be like, fuck it, we're going to Earth and we're going to fuck him up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, what do you, um, I don't know, the more telling part of this quote for me is we don't want to paint a bleak 
picture of where our world's going. The films are also about the idea that we can change course, which seems to indicate to me that like at the end of these five films, there's, there's an ending for earth and humanity that, uh, I don't know, like, can you, are they going to use tech, like uh, something from Pandora to reverse the depletion of natural resources on earth or like, or will, you know, maybe the Navi we'll... like may have a way to like tap into like what we call mother nature and like make earth like, uh, you know, rich with resources again or something like that. As long as they like, as long as humans choose to like treat the planet right, because I feel like that would fit in perfectly with James Cameron's environmentalism ideals as far as like saving the planet mm-hmm. and like, you know, treating it as, as we should in order to preserve it. So maybe the Navi, you know, figure out a way to like save earth rather than destroy it. Or maybe even, I feel like this would be bad metaphorically, but like, is there a way that in the end, Navi welcome humanity to the planet of Pandora to like, you know, share their planet because they, they've realized what's happening with earth. I don't know. I I feel like uh, with the (laughs) comparisons to, you know, native Americans and and tribes and stuff, it, it feels weird. Like if you were going in that direction, but uh, especially with uh, how um, things went with the uh, United States and uh, colonialism and all that stuff. But um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, but okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Okay, Brad, I want to talk to you about some Lucasfilm stuff. Uh, Before we get into Mandalorian Season 3, let's talk about Ki Hu Kwan, who is in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. He's winning awards. He's become a big name. Uh, He's returned. But, uh, you know, as a kid, I followed him in The Goonies and Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And uh, he was recently asked on the happy sad confused podcast about the possibility of dusting off short short rounds new york yankees ball cap and returning to the character that made him kid famous and he quote said i love the character of short round uh he's funny courageous saves indy's ass uh he went on to say that he would be down which um i don't know uh 
I feel like it would be uh, a mistake to just like uh, be like, oh, of course he's down. Like, what, what is he doing these days? After er- uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, I feel like he has a huge career in Hollywood. He He's going to have a lot of things to choose now. And it's not like so uh, the, the fact that he would be interested in going back to the Indiana Jones universe and. We know Lucasfilm is actually trying to play in that universe. We have The Last Indian Jones coming up, and we have uh, there's a Ravenwood uh, TV series in the works. Brad, do you think it is out of the question to have a short round TV show or movie? What would that be? <laughs> is it possible? I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible. I. I think it would be a cool way to pass the torch because it's, it's a character that's already established in the Indiana Jones universe. Kihui Kwan's having this this big comeback. It'll be a lot of fun to see him in an adventurer role, uh, make him the, the leading man and see, you know, what short round learned from Indiana Jones. And honestly, it might even be a cool way for them to allow, like, if it, if it were possible anyway, I'm not sure that it's likely to, you know, occasionally have flashbacks where maybe they are able to bring back Harrison Ford de-aged for a scene or two. You know, we I don't think we ever thought bringing back uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker was going to be possible in The Mandalorian, but they've done that more times than I think we anticipated. So, you know, maybe using a, a de-aged Harrison Ford every now and then to add a little bit of, uh, you know, shine to a, a spinoff series about Short Round would be enticing, along with just the idea of seeing a character like that uh, after so many years and something that actually, you know, doesn't necessarily feel forced, feels like it would be a cool idea. Cause for even for leading up to this, there were so many times that when it seemed like, you know, Harrison Ford probably shouldn't keep doing Indiana Jones, that people wanted people like John Cho or uh, Steven Yoon to take over and play short round. So, you know, just having Kihui Kwan come back and do it would be, would be awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised at how much I would actually be down for this idea because I feel like if you had pitched this idea to me like five years ago, I'd be like, oh, that's a horrible idea. It's going to be a horrible thing. But I, I think like there, there is – I don't know I don't know where he would be. Like at this point in the uh, – I mean how long after Temple of Doom would this be? So this would be like probably around the same time. So this would be in the 60s or 70s. Where where would short round be in the sixties and seventies? I guess is the question. And like, would he be a treasure hunter? Would he be? I don't know. I I I, I, w- I would be interested to find out what happened to that character. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Mandalorian season three trailer came out uh, earlier this week, and it is fantastic. Uh, it shows a lot of footage that we didn't get to see uh, when it was shown at. Uh, they showed something at Celebration, right? Uh, Maybe not Celebration. No, uh, they, no they didn't. So they, they, at Celebration, they played the trailer that they eventually released. Uh, and then at D23, they played uh, they was um, they played the same trailer, but they actually released it to the public. So they didn't, they didn't ah. see anything else new at D23. Yes, well, this is completely new. Uh, this one shows us a lot more, although it t- I don't think it really tells us a lot more about what, what's going on in the plot. Uh, Brad, what, what are your thoughts on the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer? Yeah, because that's the thing is like this is it's honestly just more of the same from the previous trailer. There's only a couple extra things that we like get a look at that kind of give us an idea of what to expect. But otherwise, they're basically just playing upon the idea of, oh, cool, here's a bunch of more Mandalorians. Uh, They're going to try and restore Mandalore. And here's more footage that you haven't seen, even though it shows just 
a lot of the same stuff over again. The only new thing, which was cool, and uh, is seeing uh, Grogu use the Force powers in a way that's maybe a little bit more aggressive than we're used to seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say that, um, well, there's a couple things. I love all the colorful looks of all the Mandalorians. Uh, yeah, all, that I was mean, cool. Yeah, they're going to make action figures for years off these characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see this show evolve from being about a Mandalorian to being about the Mandalorian people. And I know we've talked about that on our breakdowns and stuff, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's something I didn't expect when they pitched the show. Um, and I, you know, I said I loved Andor. We've talked about it at length, but I'm, I'm happy to see droids and creatures back again in Star Wars, uh, filling out the the worlds, including, you know, when we went into that uh, the cantina in A New Hope, and they're like, you know, dro- uh, droids aren't allowed in the cantina. Never, never thought of like where, where do the droids hang out? Well, in here we find out there's a droid bar, droid cantina. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? Hey, droids need oil and yeah. other fluids, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the ridiculousness of that. Obviously, we saw the Babu Frick creatures in previous trailers. Uh, I'm, I'm down for more of his kind. And uh, what do you make of the ship taking off during fireworks? Is it, It's kind of edited in a way that it's happening when they take off from Tatooine. Or no, yeah. Uh, from... Yeah, Tatooine, because it was uh, with, uh, what's her name? Amy Sedaris' character. Yeah, maybe there's just some kind of like celebration or something happening, and they, they're just leaving uh, during that time. You know, if, if they happen to be pursued or something like that, maybe it's the best way for them to get away without bringing a lot of attention uh, to themselves, if that ship, you know, is recognizable or anything like that. So just probably a good, easy way for them to get away. How about yeah. that, uh, that uh, scene in the Jedi Temple, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think is happening there? Is is this when they got Grogu during Order 66? Yeah, I feel like this is probably going to be a flashback where we see a little bit more of what happened with Grogu during that time. And you got to wonder if, you know, they got Hayden Christensen <laughs> to come back for uh, Obi-Wan, if they also got him to shoot some stuff for Mandalorian as well. I would bet that that's a strong possibility. But so you think it's Darth Vader coming through that door well, I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely there's definitely a lightsaber that's coming through that door. Like, there's you know, that's that's got to be what that is. You know, I, I feel like there was a lot of fan speculation on who saved Grogu, and for the longest time, uh, I feel like we've all been like, oh, we're, it's not going to be a big thing. It's like, you know, it's 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 not like a this this is just like fan speculation but i feel like them keep on they keep on going back to this moment brad i think it's a huge thing i think whoever saves him has to be someone of note uh yeah i mean probably or at the very or at the very least he gets left behind for dead you know uh and he's he he actually you know uh saw anakin yeah that would be interesting so he has that knowledge although he's how old so i don't know does he even remember I mean, obviously remember some of his training because it came back to him when Luke was training him. Um, the, another thing we saw in this trailer is IG-11 statue had been like destroyed on Navarro. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and Dr. Pershing is back, but I think we kind of expected that. And uh, this is all coming on March 1st. And um, uh, Brad, are we going to do a podcast? For Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we? Uh, okay. 
Just <laughs> so, <laughs> check back in March. Uh, we'll be doing our Mandalorian breakdown podcast. Uh, but after seeing this trailer, Brad, are you, are you more excited for season three? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm more excited. You know, like I said, this is kind of more of the same of what we've already seen. So I'm I'm just kind of on autopilot as far as like, yes, give me more episodes of The Mandalorian and just let me see them. <laughs> I just want more Star Wars. Just give me more Star Wars. There you go. Okay, uh, if you want, we have a breakdown of the Mandalorian season three trailer on slashfilm.com, and we have all those articles on Avatar and stuff. If you want to check those out? You can find them in the show notes or on slashfilm.com. This podcast is published on Apple Podcasts, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to subscribe to our newsletter. Send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.